Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like build and bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. The Warren Buffett's of the world. They liquidate positions to buy new positions or they close out overweight positions, but they don't sell something because the market overall is going down, especially when kind of everything's been on fire. I mean, there's really not been a great place to put your money this year except select names, especially when you're a broad allocator. But what you can say is, wow, look at all this stuff that's since everything is down, why can't I go shopping right now when things are on sale? What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's episode of Money Moves. I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Breedwell. What up, y'all? You ready to talk some stocks, real estate investing, and personal finance? Every Tuesday at whatever p.m., a.m., o'clock, I always <laughs> Today always. is September 20th, and we're going to be digging into uh, some big stuff going on with rate hikes this week. Is yes. Papa Powell the the god of the American economy right now, it feels it like. Everybody yeah. hangs on his waiting word. Um, what's he going to do this week? We got some big news there. We got some reports coming up about the real estate market that might give you a little bit more clarity on where things are going to finish out towards the end of the year. What does 2023 look like? We got Tone in the studio today. What up, Tone? We're getting ready to... We're, we're doing some dry runs for you guys on... We want to make this more ESR. interactive. So we're going to be doing some live uh, shows here in the next quarter. And we got our new production set up. Mm. So shout out to having Tone in the, the what studio. A what a view. If you guys, what a view. <laughs> If you guys are new to the show, before we dive in, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. If you take two minutes to leave us a review, if you enjoy the content, find it valuable. If it helps you in any way on your financial journey or just hearing Mr. Breedwell go off on his rants and tangents, it will be worth it to tune in each and every week and uh, have some fun with us around your money journey. If you haven't taken advantage of all the resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family, we have our main number, write this down, 844-447-1555. This is the text platform that we already engage with a lot of you through in terms of questions, uh, answers, updates on events, and some of the other resources that 
our awesome team and community provides for one another. Mr. Breedwell does his free financial x-ray. 100%. Which entails... If you... All kinds of goodness. Oh, a ton of goodness. You get a phone call with me. uh, I get to do a review of your current finances. Uh, A lot of people have been asking questions about lump sums and stuff like that lately. I think we had a listener last week write that in. But if you send uh, the word x-ray to 844-447-1555... Me and my team will take a look at your current investments, any insurance policies you currently have set up, what you're doing with your real estate portfolio. We can build you a full financial plan, kind of aggregate all those investments together and really tell you what it looks like in the future. Because it's a lot of people look at a statement just on a month to month or quarterly or yearly basis, and they don't really know what that would translate into uh, long term. And so it helps you build. Again, I just say take the investments and turn them into a financial plan. Man, it's one of those things where I think is at least I'll speak from my own wealth building journey where I started, which was not a detail guy, which was not a very plan and he was not a good neighbor driven guy to going out and learning along the way just how imperative a plan and execution around fundamentals with the plan is to any business goal, to any financial goal. Right. I think that is something that I've really looked at as a massive skill that I had to learn to really kind of put the intention and purpose behind your financial planning tool being one of those things, my personal financial statement, my goals, understanding where all my passive income is coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't like spreadsheets. I didn't like doing a lot of those things. I still don't like spreadsheets. But at the same time, there were certain areas of going, if I'm really going to unlock financial freedom, if I really want to be a good steward of my capital, you, you truly can't trust that other people are going to learn those things or implement those things in the capacity that is best for you. So you have to learn certain skills, but then having complementary alliances, mm-hmm. right? Those With people who are obligated to do what is best for you. Totally. I think like myself. is what kind of supercharges the confidence you have as an investor going into your financial journey and then continuing to level up in it along the way. And so that's what I love about the plan, the resources, this podcast, Mm -hmm. the listener, you guys, and what kind of conversation we're a part of because you grow into those things and really find ways to keep evolving your mind around finances, your habits around finances, your investments in finances, all of those things, it's an ongoing conversation that you have to stay involved in. It's like a living, breathing document, the financial plan, right? Because it changes, it updates, life happens, life event happens. So everything should be that way. There shouldn't really be anything that you set up. And then once you set it up, it's kind of finite. You can't change it. You can't do anything about it. Those things... I mean, we have even like our um, thing of a mortgage. A mortgage isn't even like that. A mortgage, yeah, you have to pay, but I mean, like, it's not something you can't get out of or can't get help to refinance or redo. Oh, crap, I can't afford my payment. Maybe I can take my current equity and spread it out again over another 30 years or 35 years or what have you. So things should have flexibility built into them because life is going to happen. You know that. Yeah. We were talking about your last, you know, last month, last quarter. Yeah, being crazy. Look at the investments. 2022. There you go. It shows you. How crazy it's been for me. I'm already back to the future, the future, folks. I'm like, getting the fuck out of 2022. It's one of the, it's been some of those challenging times business wise for me, which I'm going to be explaining a lot more. I'll be able to share a lot more um, this next quarter, but it's also been 
so, you know, the challenges and the turbulence, whether it was the uncertainty and like all the stocks and my investments and everything that's going on there, whether it's uncertainty in a business challenge mm-hmm. or uncertainty in new opportunities and what path you should or shouldn't take, right? All of those things, I think, ultimately force you if you're willing to put in the work and we'll just keep it in the vein of your investments, right? Like stay consistent and intimate with the habits and the actions you know you have to take Yep, with the work that goes into achieving those goals and getting through, getting wiser, getting stronger in that process. And part of this conversation that we're having, what I'm most excited about right now is we're creating more environments with the Millionaire Mindcast community to participate in proximity in those conversations Dude, I'm, some of them are more casual. I'm not some gonna of lie. Them are I am more... beyond fucking fired up. It's going to be fine. I am fired up to go to our Napa event. We've got hand-selected... Well, first off, I got to give you props in the, Thank you. the itinerary that you set up. It's going to be great. I mean, Napa in itself is one of those towns, those ecosystems that is i mean it's it's world, world renowned right yeah. like they people from all over the world come to napa do you realize that we're going on our first event during the peak of harvest as well yeah it's like the best time of the year to go and we're literally curating world class experiences with wine cuz we vino heads over here Amen. we like to sip on some grape juice right give me a good straw. grape juice but then when you create this environment where, I mean, we've got a private chef, we've got, you we know, got the chauffeur, winery. Yeah, we've we got have... private winery events mm-hmm. and experiences. We we've have my got... personal driver. I all like my dude. We've got hot seat events for each individual entrepreneur to share what their challenge and the opportunity is that they're working through in their life or their business. And literally, this was the best when... And I learned a lot of what some of these great facilitations of experiences are in world-class destinations can create for the human connection, the human breakthrough was GoBundance. They've done it world-class. And um, one of the things was when you get a bunch of smart, really intentional people who are already playing at a high level, working on one person's problem, the Mm -hmm. amount of time or the amount of money that is worth each person's time and they're all collectively attacking your goals, your vision, something that you need support with, it is the most priceless consulting session you can get and be a part of, right? And that is what we're going to be doing at these events over and over and just having a lot of fun and having and enjoying great people, great company. And of course, you know, some great spirits. We were going to have great spirits and food. I cannot leave that out. We're going to eat lunch at one, like the most, one of the most famous grills in Napa. So, I mean, like, it's just going to be a good time. The thing is, it's, it's always easy to cultivate good networking relationships in low pressure, non business sterile. Well, yeah, there's nothing to sell. There's no no intention by just getting together. Everybody's there to be themselves. Selfishly, I'm looking to go. I'm around a bunch of badasses in our community that I haven't gotten to connect with that I want to learn from and about because you just never know where life opportunities, investments, somebody investing in you, you investing in something that they've got going on, you know, friendships are going to form and come from. And that if you want to get more involved in some of the events that we're going to be hosting and throwing, that was a long way of basically saying, if 
You want it more information and to be um, informed of when these events are going to happen. Because really, I mean, this this sold out right away. Um, and we're going to be like doing more and more minutes. of these because they're small. Uh, just text the word events to 844-447-1555. And you'll be the first to at least get notified of when these events are going to come up. Did you get that up on the screen, Tom? Was that? Okay. I like that. See, we got oh my oh flipping oh flipping back and forth between Whoa. the two faces DJ made for radio. Tone See, over this here. is this is a game changer. God did. <laughs> Tone did. So let's talk about what's been going on this last week. With first off, there was oh lord, what didn't happen? Yeah, I mean, last week was a it was a what the, what the hell happened last week? Because we, it was. For a lot of people, concerning. Yeah, no, we have we're we're talk us off the ledge, <laughs> sir. I don't know if we've uh, we found the edge of that ledge yet. Uh, we still maybe got a little bit of walking to do, but it's just uh, people. For, first of all, people before the Jackson Hole meeting had had for some reason priced in or people the stock market for some reason priced in that there was going to be potentially some dovishness, which is. Uh, um, you know, not as aggressive on interest rate hikes um, talk. And that ended up being the opposite. It almost feels like Jerome Powell just ripped up his speech and said, look, I, you know, heart, tough, tough love, like but a, this is how it's going to be. was like floating over him as he was talking, going, he was the hawk. going to slash this economy down. Not only did he say that, and he said, and then we're going to continue by doubling uh, the rolling out of the uh, balance sheet for the Fed, and that started on the fifteenth of this month. So we have a bunch of stuff going on. Mix it in that historically, um, the stock market in September is not super strong. It's one of the weakest. Why? Five- why is that? Is it just because everybody's coming um, out of the summer hype and like there's not really a put a thumb on it. Like this is the black and white answer. It's just it's just one of those emotional sentiments in the market. Of, historically, it's just a, it's a weak okay. market. Now, right. what my bit my opinion is, it's a transitioning of seasons. People are going from summertime, school is starting back up. People aren't traveling as much, so travel sectors pull back a little bit. Um, you should see that start to spike back up again during the holidays that yep. we have coming up. But you know, then again, who knows? Which it's, I'm ready. It's a misnomer, holidays. but it is it is. It is considered one of the weakest months. If you look back at last year in 2021 in September's market, September's market in 2021 was pretty terrible. Yeah. We ended up having a decent October and decent November and a decent November or decent December, excuse me. Um, and then we ran into this year. But September is generally not a great year in the stock market. What is going on on top of that this year is we have all the pressures that are coming in on the stock market that have been negative this whole year since the end of January. Um, kind of rearing their ugly head and not getting not getting where people want them to be as fast as they do. But when I take a step back and I look at things, I'm overall happy with where things are going. I really don't listen to the news, but I, I hear what they say. And it's like, oh, you know, there's a 50, 60, 70, 80. Who, who knows the percentage chance there is of a recession? But I think the funniest part, like I've said, with a recession is anytime that the recession is declared... It's always we've already been in it and it started X, Y, Z. And so all they're going to do is just tell you we've been in a recession. And I've been saying we've been in a technical recession, more of a slowing of growth, rotation on areas of the market that need to have Last quarter and a half, two quarters. At least. And I still think that's going to go through Q3 into Q4. Um, Here we are. 
And I think um, November is still going to be a, a turning point potentially. I'm still sticking to my guns on that. Um, I did. We did lower our price target from 43, I think 40 on the S and P down to 4100. Um, so I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm there's a bearish uh, story to tell, just like there's a bullish story to tell. Um, I will say that when I'm looking at call option volume. There's more. There's more neutral opinion on valuations right now going on in uh, some of the stocks that have been pretty beat up. Um, names like Microsoft, names like Adobe, um, Ford had a really bad day today. You saw Zillow and Open Door; those reports were pretty terrible. Um, Meta is not doing very good. Square got kicked pretty bad. So you're seeing a lot of the names that were were kind of the 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 poster childs of the past 24 months really starting to get their valuations re-put back in. Um, I forget that Indian dude's name that I'm not a huge fan of, but the SPAC man, he had to unwind two of his SPACs, mm. Chamath or whatever his name is. So these things are happening that need to happen, but people have to remember that market cycles happen for a reason. And this is just a market cycle coupled with some additional items that are not super fun. Is there another down leg coming? I mean, to all of the bare negative talkers right now it's trending in their direction right yeah it's going to depend a lot on the um have we found the bottom or is the june bottom I think the of Ju- this year I, I feel still got some competition with what's left to cover in q4 i feel like the uh lows that we saw in june i think specifically on like june 16th june 17th right around my birthday um were probably pretty uh technic- technically from a long view standpoint um, pretty sound. That doesn't mean that we can't go below that, but I would say there's more of a case that we would retest that and bounce off of that uh, than go below that. But I don't. I I need to get a little bit more data before I feel like I can say, hey, I don't think for sure. There's there's always a chance. And one of the things that's so crazy about the stock market is even good news can lead to bad outcomes if it's not priced in right because the market's very forward thinking. Um, Because the market is forward thinking though, this market has to eventually come back from itself and get to a point where it's so undervalued that it it doesn't make sense not to buy in. Um, That's going to be hard with two-year yields nearing 4% as of today. Crazy. Or the ten year at like three six three seven. Why is that concerning? Um, it just is a it's a very steep inversion of the yield curve. It's the steepest it's been all year as of today. Uh, I think the two years uh, back, I think the last time the two year was that high it was like two thousand maybe in nine two thousand ten, um, maybe eleven somewhere in there. I don't I don't know the last time the yield curve. Uh, excuse me, the two year yield was was almost four percent. Um, it's really 4%. It's like 3.986 right now. So that's 4% between friends. We had Dustin from New York shoot in a message earlier this week to uh number again, questions 844-447-1555. Does it feel more like a global recession is coming right now and looking at it from a more macro perspective of how that ties in? His question was, why is the dollar so strong right now? And does that have any bearing on what's going on in the global economy? Generally speaking, when we have a very strong dollar, 
it's not very good for our trading partners because it makes it more expensive for them to buy our goods. Yeah. Uh, conversely, it makes it very good for us to buy our pretty. I mean, yeah, as strong. Yeah, as one of the strongest it's been. I would again in the short term. It's still it's still taken some beating over the past couple of years. And um, the thing that was really crazy, I haven't checked uh, recently because I'm not. I don't track currency markets as much. But when we had the inversion on the uh, the euro to the dollar where that, that's I think that might have been one of the first times in a long while uh, that that had been uh, the case. Um, treading back a little bit though, I don't think that um, the United States is a little more insulated from from world events that are not related to war or stuff like that as far as like there's there's definitely a recession in, in tow right now over in Europe mm-hmm. um, and China as well right yeah, starting kind of to in China yeah they're having a pretty aggressive slowdown in their economy which is not normal for them um that that is not terribly affecting us but what's going to do is it's going to affect our like supply chain and things like that and that's going to put out outward pressure on our already, you know, limping economy, which is going to take it longer to get through what it's, what it's going through. Mm. Um, I'm not, I'm not in the camp of a hundred percent one way or the other. It's really hard because Biden keeps saying stuff that I'm saying and I'm like, fuck, I sound like a goddamn liberal, <laughs> but I, I agree with them to a, to a point where if we're not going to freak out on a 10th of a basis point, down on core CPI, which happened two reports ago, we shouldn't do the opposite on core, um, especially when we have a headline adjustment as, as much as we did. So I think people, again, are taking headline news as investment advice, which is, is never a good. That just means you don't have a plan. But that's always, at the end of the day, what the general public does, right? Yeah, that's why we have a X-ray to eight four four or four four seven fifteen fifty five, so you can save yourself from yourself. Save uh, yourself from yourself. Yeah, no, you never want that. So the, funny. Even the, I, I know so many smart people too. I feel like I fall into this camp sometimes where I, I you, you can't help but read something and immediately re- react to it, right? And then it's like, okay, hold on. You build up more discipline mm-hmm. over time to be like, okay, I'm not going to buy into all of that, right? But so many smart people I know just buy into. You have to remember Head, like headline this, news, right? This story was going on all of 2009. And then 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 came and everything was fine. It, it's just a market cycle. And yeah. it happened in the dot-com bust. And it happened in the early 90s before that. So then this in- is a good opportunity that people should yes. really be looking at and leaning into as... Yes. This is an amazing opportunity to yeah. truly, I guess... Here, I'll, instead of making it about you, I'll make it about me. One of the challenges that I have to myself is going every time there is an inflection point in one's financial journey, it's often tied to either a big action outside of your comfort zone in a vein that seems like an opportunity for you that you're going to create, or it is an inflection point in the economy and what the economy is giving you. and how are you going to challenge yourself this go around to really get your share? Because that's probably my biggest thing as an investor 
feeling more confident, more capable, more resourced and capitalized at this stage of my journey now going, man, if I had this experience, this knowledge back in 2010, knowing what I know now about what opportunities and investments were out there, at least we'll talk about real estate, right? Same Mm -hmm. thing on your side, knowing, hey, this this isn't going to be the first, the last time we're at this stage of the market in terms of volatility, you know, in my 30 or 40 year timeline of investing. But what do you do in these moments? How do you challenge yourself? How do you step up? How do you learn new things, you know, position yourself in a way that ultimately really tears you up and levels you up in your financial, um, you know, path to unlocking whatever freedom it is that you're looking to unlock. And I feel like this is one of those times stock market and what feels like is going to be in the real estate market too. Yeah, there's, I, I would, I think that when we say that the real estate market is softening, I think that there's much more, you know, the stock market does more than soften, you know, it liquefies if we're going to save anything, but it, it gets to a point where you have to understand why don't wealthy people liquidate their portfolios and why do they just always buy? And that should be a question you ask yourself. And do you hear about, and don't get me wrong. The, the people, some of the people I want to mention have absorbent amounts of money, right? But, you know, the Warren Buffetts of the world, they liquidate positions to buy new positions or they close out overweight positions, but they don't sell something because the market overall is going down, especially when kind of everything's been on fire. I mean, there's really not been a great place to put your money this year except select names, especially when you're a broad um, allocator. But what you can say is, wow, look at all this stuff that's since everything is down, why can't I go shopping right now when things are on sale? And that's just a really hard concept that a lot of people still have not grasped. But that's truly when the stock market is down, as long as you purchase quality and you're not speculating in 100% of your portfolio, you should be shopping right now and buying things because everybody that tells you not to, everybody that's the people that sell and go to cash, all the, those are all the same people. And in two years are going to be telling a story at a bar drinking a fucking Miller Lite about how they didn't invest anything or they lost or who give me somebody that, that, oh, I lost a hundred percent. Whenever I hear somebody say, I lost a hundred percent of my portfolio in 2008, I'm like, no, it's not like not possible. Like you just, you're, you're one of those people probably has a Miller Lite. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group 
who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Shout out to Miller Light. I'm not hating on you. I was gonna say um, there might be some Miller Light. But what, but what I'm saying is there's uh, th- there's just no there's no reason to be so abusive to your money where we have an opportunity to buy things, real estate, commercial, single family deals that people ran wrong and ran. You know, like I was saying, buy these stocks and stuff and investments when they're down set up these um, policies and index policies when the indexes are down because all that's going to happen in the long term is they're going to go up. Well, that was one of the questions that came in from Cynthia. Shout out to Cynthia on right now. What are you two doing? This was a question directed at both of us with your money and your investments. I'm putting like $20,000 to $30,000 per month into the stock market. And I'm putting money into my life insurance policy. And I'm waiting for the real estate market to go down. And I was, I'm just looking at properties. I have a bunch of properties that I've looked at that have been on the market for like 126, 144 days, some Airbnb opportunities in like Tennessee, some stuff like that. There you go. I'm just looking at stuff, keeping an eye on deals. Look at I'm you, buying man. regardless. Yeah. I I literally put six. Tra- I mean, I I think today I put in uh I put about four forty five hundred dollars in the market today. Yeah, put your money where your mouth is. Well, I think you gotta just again. It comes back to your plan, the strategy. I may put se- I put seventy five thousand dollars into the market year to date. Okay, into my brokerage account. Um, that's what I've put personally on top of my regular contributions. Those are just additional. Thing. So when I tell people, like you know, I know some people call on and I'm, they're like, "Oh, what do you have to do to get to these, these, uh, these levels? Of ten, five, six, eight, nine, thirteen thousand dollars a month." I'm doing it. I'm literally putting that much money into investments, even though my account's down like thirty two percent year to date. And it's just because that's what your plan says. Correct. Right now, I have about a seventeen percent percent cash position. And anytime the market goes down, I just go in and I buy. So, and I'm doing that for my clients as well. The only people that I have in very uh, safe positions are my tactical investors, my my older clients. Shout out to you all that are listening. Um, I have their money more so like in a cash equivalent. And that's because their time horizon is not like mine. They should not be down 32% year to date. That's too much risk. I should because I need to take advantage of my time horizon and make those rates of return. And I'm not going to treat my money or my investment portfolio like a freaking stock machine. I'm not going to say, I'm going to keep playing while I win. And the second that I lose, I'm going to pull my money out and go to the next stock machine. That's just not how it works. You have to buy quality. You have to hold quality. And you can speculate with a portion of your portfolio, but it's not appropriate to do with your whole portfolio. Mm. It's just not. I love it. So that's what we're doing. Or at least I'm doing. 
I know what Matt's doing with his portfolio because he gives me his money to do it. I was buying stocks. I mean, I just uh, he's doing the, actually he's doing the exact same thing with me with a little a large lemon wedge twist of real estate on top of real estate. Exactly, but <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that's the same thing, right? I'm following the prudent plan and advice of Mr. Breedwell on whatever my slice of my overall investment pie is towards real estate. Um, I'm sorry, towards stocks. We increased contribution, dollar cost averaging. You, you saw, I think you said it perfectly in the sense of like that sticker shock of being down to most people. When we talk about the timeline that we're talking about getting into the market mm-hmm. and being involved in the market, mm-hmm. that 38% down, the delta on that over the timeline that we'll be investing and keeping that money in the market is drastically under valued right now, it feels bad, bad, down, down, right? But in terms of when we're talking about this position in 30 years and where we believe the market is going, right? That's ultimately the plan I'm following on that side, just continuing to invest through all of this, through the the guidance of Mr. Breedwell and his amazing team. And then, you know, real estate right now, I'm, I'm excited actually for, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm closing out some of my positions in some real estate assets that are really going to free me up some nice cash. Because I do think that, and, you know, I'm uh, somebody that likes to ask a lot of questions around a lot of smart people and not do a lot of talking and ultimately see what moves on the chessboard they're leaning into and where they see the overall landscape of the market from a real estate perspective. You know, just like you always talk about, there's always a stock, a company, a sector that has got a bull market going on. Energy right now. There is the same thing in real estate. And, you know, in the asset class world of commercial, whether it's, you know, industrial, it is, you know, mobile home parks. Money it's doesn't disappear. Buildings. It's yeah. Fancy that, right? Build to rent communities. You the list goes on and on, right? There's so many hotels, so many different asset classes. It's something that I know through syndications, mm-hmm. partnerships with the right operators, deal finders, managers, um, sponsors. I can continue to do that and be a part of those. So that is, you know, we just have a. Uh, a partner and a consulting client that I worked with for some time. Uh, you know, if you're on our deals list, uh, my credit investors, high net worth investors, people that want to get a part of syndications, we've had people in Artista, the laundromats, another apartment building uh, in Houston. We've got another one coming up in Houston. Mm-hmm. If you want to know more about that information, we're going to be doing a webinar here um, within the next week. Um, we're going to be raising around five and a half million bucks for that. Boom. It is one of the best neighborhoods in Houston and it is 206 units in, um, in a, a city called Bel Air, which is the highest yeah. price zip code and nicest areas of the Houston submarket. And so, um, you know, I'm looking at those types of opportunities to bring value to high yielding, cash flowing, safe asset classes like apartments have been for quite some time. And what we're seeing here is, you know, obviously with the rate hikes, we know they've already said 75 bips. Yep. Right. We're going to see another 50 after that. I we're going we to should see, see at least 50 after that. Potentially. Yes. I mean we might see another 75 after that. We could. We'll know on the CPI print next month, which I think is going to go down on headline and core. If it doesn't go down, let's that is not good. No, you're going to be seeing my ass like Leo on that board, <laughs> like holding on 
to the frozen woman, which is my portfolio. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, um, I'm hoping that we have a, a moderation down. Now, if we do have a CPI print hot again, that is going to... Let's just say double down. Yeah. Double down and yeah. ride this baby. That's when, that's when a my, lot of, again, my November theory may take a, uh, a re-looking at the thesis. But I've stuck to my guns on that and I called that in February or March. So I'm now over here trying to bail on it right before it's about to take off. I feel like Elon right before SpaceX ripped off the ground, right? But I, I, a lot of things have to hit. I mean, this is like this is like putting uh, you know, on the roulette table. This is like betting on green. It's possible, highly unlikely, but it still can happen. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see what what goes down. I think that I think that what we're really leaning on is we need to get through this rate hike, and the people need to digest that there was a seventy five basis point, and look, nothing was scary. And then on the CPI print, please pop a pal. I hope that it's low. Um, it starts moderating down, and then we can get the Fed to come out and say, "Hey, we're going to continue on the track of raising interest rates, but we're going to raise interest rates by maybe half a percent." There's light at the end of the tunnel. That we think will, we've got this under control. We're not saying we're pivoting, but we are kind of saying pivoting could happen in the next few quarters. This is what I do know: the second that there's whispers of that, and it becomes like it already voice, started baked oh into the market. Oh my gosh, right the stock market will really rebound, yeah. especially in technology. But here's the thing. That could create inflation all over again. No, it, it won't though, because the stock market, again, is forward thinking. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything right now. It just means people are buying now to eventually they will sell later. Um, that's why we have insider trading reports that come out every single day. Um, I do not believe... That would be like like the like the only thing that actually this sounds crazy, but this is a fact. The only thing that and we talked about it last week that actually affects our inflation numbers when the price goes up is real estate. That literally does affect our inflation because for some reason the price of real estate is is done in the CPI numbers. Mm-hmm. Stock prices going up indicates and should indicate that in the future interest rates will go down which is which is good for overall inflation or should indicate that overall inflation is becoming under control which i don't think that that you could make a case that that would be a negative thing and if the stock market flips on its head what you can expect the fed to do is you can expect them to likely flip on their head and start they would have to start cutting interest rates in order to save us from like a depression yeah so yeah, crazy times, but those are the facts. Well, that's why I think too, in, in these uncertain inflationary environments, that's why I'm looking at one, really exploring the syndication side to keep passive income coming in through real estate. Mm-hmm. You know, being in hard assets in real estate, you, you don't have to do a whole lot and you reap a lot of reward. If you're in the right asset, the right market with the right operator, um, so I'm really excited about the Houston deal that we're going to be offering out. If you want more information on that, text the word deals to 844-447-1555. You'll get the investment summary and kind of the invite to the webinar if you want to check that out. Um, and just getting on that deals list gets you involved in other passive income opportunities. Getting my cash into more of those with really sound, really quality operators or hence exciting you know, to consistently keep investing 
in my yeah. business, in yep. my brand. Because yep. ultimately, in times of recession, sitting on a good chunk of cash to go out and capture opportunistic buys, because there will be opportunistic buys in real estate asset classes. Yeah, a ton of them. Guaranteed. So again, if you're not the expert, you don't have to be the expert. Just find the good people, the good syndicators, the the honest, ethical, proven track record. Which we talked for about investors. in last week's podcast. Critical, right? <laughs> And whether it's me, our deals list, it's other syndicators. There are some great ones out there. I've met a ton of them at different mm-hmm. events and networking groups. And I've also met a ton of horrible ones that you should run in the opposite direction from. Yeah. But that's going to be a great way to continue to generate and reap the rewards of you know, real estate. I'm continuing to invest with you. Yep. And then I'm investing in myself. I'm investing in my business. I'm investing in my network. I'm investing to. in my team. These are the times that most people get soft, they get unstable, they get scared, they really kind of pull back. The the people that I think are the ones who reap the most reward and the most benefits from all of this are the people who truly like have that conversation in the mirror. You said it earlier, right? Having nuts of steel, right? Or for all of our badass females out there, Leaning into those moments and saying, like, this is where I'm going to fucking level up. I'm going to tear up in a way. And I look at the journey that I've kind of been on with, I mean, uh, I was the first, you know, I would say millionaire in my family to then eventually being the first entrepreneur in my family to being a second to be a realtor, to be a wholesaler and flipper, to be a, you know, buying commercial real estate, to buying hotels, to investing in some exciting new brands and things that I'm going to be sharing with you guys, syndicating properties. You have to look at every financial opportunity that comes your way as a once in a lifetime event and you got to capture it. Yep. And you got to challenge yourself to do those things. And And this next turnaround uh, or this next cycle for me, and what I know is going to be, I mean, you can't get through a pandemic and print as much money as we did and not believe that there's not opportunity for you to completely get a fair share and slice of a financial pie that got a whole lot bigger. Agreed. Because it's all back down to earth. So my thing is going business, real estate, you know, myself, and with you, I'm I'm that, is, the ankles. that is my <laughs> that is my holistic investment strategy and focus. But right now, I think is also the time, discipline, plan, yep. but also patience too. Don't get too antsy. Don't feel like you have to do something to force money into the market. That's why you even said it too, right? I was like, hey, I want to give you fifty grand. Uh, no, let's no. let's let's do that in chunks over time, right? So like, just be patient. And know that the market's going to create some great opportunities for you. But you also got to like go out and get that shit. Go earn it. Yep. You know, Go challenge yourself to say, I took a new step up in my financial acumen, my new financial <laughs> skills. I expanded my network. I leaned in and I squeezed out a lot of juice out of this, you know, this, this from this squeeze on this last market cycle and opportunity that I feel like is going to be life-changing for so many people. And it will be hard. And it is supposed to be hard because if it was easy, everybody would do it. I bet you've heard that one before. Yeah. It's not going to be easy and it's not going to be fun, but that's, you have to do the hard stuff in order to get to the good stuff. You can't just expect to flip a light switch on and um, be there and be done. You have to go through a little bit of adversity, 
you're going to have to lose. And that's going to pave your way to be a successful entrepreneur in whatever avenue you, that you're in long-term. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. For those of you that are keeping a close eye on what the real estate market is doing, as am I, uh, we got 30-year mortgage rates over 6%. Double. First time since 2008. That's, Sorry, I was drinking my water. That's, that's, that's insane. People meaning are, that if people you are getting... At a $2,500 a month mortgage on a 20% down last year, you got about a $5,400 a month mortgage yep. on a 20% down payment right now, which is unreal to me. I was looking at the... Um, just for fun, I get the little Zillow report that's into my email. And it does the estimate of what my mortgage payment would be on a current interest rate from a moderately qualified buyer at 20% down. <laughs> and it was like $9,700 a month. You're happy you bought when you did. Oh boy. I'm not paying that much. I'm not not paying. Well, and that's where I think right now going back much. to, I mean, if you're a home buyer, you know, and, and it's a forever home or it's going to be a rental property that you keep for the next 30 years, you know, again, this is part of the plan. Right, you might be buying a little bit higher, but if it's a long-term vision and focus and puzzle piece, you do it. But I think right now, if you're an investor, critical to think about underwriting properly, right? Really baking in some buffers yeah. for potentially some choppy short-term, you know, um, years behind the purchase. But if the numbers pencil, right, you keep going after. Uh, what opportunities are going to be presented? Because there's going to be some that will trickle out along the way. We got inventory increased 0.9% last week. Yep. Housing starts came out this last week and were a beat. Highest like ever. ever yeah, biggest ever. jump. Housing starts increased to 1.575 million in August. And that is a record number of housing units under construction. And I'll give you a quick little um, uh, narrative June. from our man, our weekly... Wrangle up from Mr. Lawrence, baby. National Association of Realtors Chief Economists. Uh, he released this yesterday, or actually today. A surprising bounce back in new home construction is welcome. In August, single-family housing starts rose 3.4%, thereby stopping five straight months of decline. The inventory of unsold homes and canceled contracts accumulated due to higher mortgage rates. However, the last month's increase is implying that builders still see profit opportunities even as they concede on prices. Material prices, including that of lumber, have been moderating and fully completed homes are selling fast. Unfinished homes are still, are still under construction are the ones sitting on the market for long periods. Multifamily housing starts reached its best month performance in 35 years. Mm. More, more online units are coming out of apartments right now. It is insane with how much they're trying to pump out. Apartment demand has been strong with rents rising at a historically high pace. Um, those consumers that are getting pumped out of or pushed out of you know, the, uh, the buying they're going opportunities, they're going and renting. Mm-hmm. Right, Mortgages are higher and uh, most of them are forced to rent or renew their leases. Job creation is also boosting the rental demand. There was a housing shortage of around 5 million homes before the onset of the pandemic. That shortage is not going away anytime soon. So, you know, what I that that that's one take, right? It is there's low inventory still. It's right time to capitalize on even with these higher inflationary costs on labor, on material on you know energy all of that kind of stuff they're going still historically like we got to get our profits in 
there's a lack and a massive demand for putting units online, whether it's purchase and or rental. That's and, what I keep thinking people keep discounting is the consumer on my end and your end. And I, I, and, I mean, and, we're just short so many that I... That why I think there's so many... Because um, building permits are down. They were, they were low. And my thought around that, you know, because I saw a funny little... Uh, Meme? Yeah, it was basically that we're in a deep housing recession. One economist started saying, we don't know it yet, but we're in a deep housing recession. And my answer to that was, one, no, we're not in a deep housing recession. People, the consumer have just gotten so spoiled reading all yeah. the headline Positive. news of how my hot, how many bidding wars, hundreds of thousands of over you know dollar bids. People just got very spoiled with, with what was created from the reopening of the pandemic. Yes. And I, and Joe Biden took all the job credit. He also forgot. That's like in that same sense. It's like, oh yeah, look at all these jobs I created. Nothing was created. Just people came back. Yeah. People, housing prices aren't crashing. They're just going it's back It's not to a, a deep housing recession. It's a slowdown for sure. Yes. It's like this weird stalemate in the market where sellers still think it's still hot and way higher than they think. And they don't have a true sense of pain or urgency yet that is forcing them to put their house up on the market. It's very much like when a mother bird comes back to the nest with a, one worm with three mouths to feed. It's all three mouths still want the worm, even though there's only one worm to eat. And I think with the... the <laughs> I like that one, Anthony. <laughs> I, I don't even know... How to take that? Like, there's low inventory, but there's still people that want it. Okay, there we go. I was like, "Where's he going with this?" Like, Sorry, I was a little. Maybe there's a little over your head there. The demand is still there, but it's been slashed a lot. So they're getting more intelligent about what they're looking at and realizing they have a little bit more power here. So I think that some of these home builders see a massive opportunity. Hence. They had to get product online. Yep. They're going to push any and all channels for that to happen. Building permits being down, that one, I think it's a seasonal thing. The other side of it is, I think some of them are starting to want to make sure that they can also control the inventory levels and not oversaturate the marketplace. That would be bad for everybody. Well, because here's the thing that people are like, you know, that's all speculation. But when you look at a lot of the variables that we're talking about here, you know, the inverse of some a lot of these things that are keeping the market stable and what I think will push us through to maybe being slower, but a more stable marketplace, more normalized marketplace. Mm -hmm. If the inverse happens, we could be in a deep housing recession. Like there, yeah. it, it could get bad, right? Like See, Matt has a could get bad scenario too. It one hundred percent could get bad, um, and and that's where if you are in the camp that the American economy is a house of cards right now, mm-hmm. and it could unravel next year, that could be a catalyst for a deep recession, yeah, or depression, right? Yep. If you're not in that camp. And your thesis is, you know, the alternative to that, and that we're gonna, you know, find a bottom. We're gonna kind of resettle, reset the stage and table, and kind of figure out and make it through this with the Fed's help, with policy and politics, with you know how some of these things play out. 
in the U.S. in terms of different sectors and then look at it, the global landscape and how this perfect storm, if it all kind of comes together, we could be back and ripping and tearing, right? So which theory do you stick to? What path do you build your plan around? And, you know, continue to look at the opportunities. I think right now in times of uncertainty, you got to keep taking action on your plan, but you got to stay nimble. Yeah, and exactly. That's what these headlines are at least telling me. Proactive, stay nimble. proactive right? nimbleness. I have a little bit of fear on what's going around on around all this, but it's a healthy fear that's keeping me engaged with retooling my plan and strategy and being in the right yep. conversations. And that's all you can do in times like right now. That's oh, literally because this wasn't the conversation when Tina. everybody was crushing in 2021. Like, I don't care who the fuck you were. You were if you were in the game, you were you were making money for the most part. There is no alternative. That's that woman, Tina, we talked about. <laughs> Tina. Tina. There is no alternative. Builder confidence declined in September. So that's where I think, again, we're not in a recession, but I think there's some of that healthy fear in what builders are doing right now. And they want to get their, they want to get clean their books up a little bit. They want to clean their balance sheet up. They yep. want to capture what they think is there right now, but could potentially, if the inverse happens, not be there in, in 12 months and 24 yeah. months. So yeah, I agree. I think that's, you know, something to keep paying attention to, right? With that being said, we've got some uh, great stuff that we want to keep you guys in the loop on. Um, if you want to get more information on deals, what we're listening to, what we're reading, what we're doing, you can text the word notes to 844-447-1555. That'll be kind of our Millionaire Mindcast newsletter. You know, A lot of the good stuff that's happening in our community, we want to keep you guys, again, more engaged, more involved. And uh, let's all figure out how to keep sharpening you know, the financial ass yes, yep. in the times that we know are going to be coming. Yeah. All we got to do is stay, like I said, sit your plan. Don't just get discouraged. Um, continuously put money into your accounts, your investments, your real estate, and ignore and blind out the naysayers and haters because you'll look back in 2020 hindsight and really just know that ah, I'm very glad that I did this. And you won't be the person that says, man, I wish you would have invested in 2009. I wish you would have got the dip in 2018. I wish you would have bought the dip in the coronavirus pandemic. You will be the person that said, I did buy that and look at it. And now you can maybe help other people do it too, like we're doing. So don't forget to head over to millionairemindcast.com. We got all the episodes, all the show notes. Head over to YouTube. We got you guys want to check out Tone's legit podcasting skills. It's legit. Or production skills. We when got we the, go we got live, the podcast gonna be skills. crazy. Um, I always think it's funny, right? Some people are like, man, the the show's been, you know, so well done and you're stepping the game up and this and that. And I mean, mind you, we've got some really great sponsors now that are helping, you know, us raise the game. Obviously. You and your amazing company has brought a whole new dynamic of value of what can be added to the listener. We now it. we got tone behind the screen making yeah, baby. us look good. Tatted, looking good. Uh, so head over to YouTube. We would love you guys drop comments, hit the like button, comment, share, uh, head over to iTunes. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to the like channel or the subscribe. podcast yet, um, it'd mean the world to us. Again, check out all of the links, all the resources, millionairemindcast.com, x ray, deals notes, events, uh, any of those words to 844-447-1555. It's just another way that we can all connect with you guys. Uh, don't forget to tune in next week and uh, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers. Cheers, y'all.
Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you sharpen your ax, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high net worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends. 